Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we are continuing our series on how to give away your faith. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. which is really evangelism, evangelism, uh, communicating the good news of Jesus Christ to men and women everywhere, giving them an opportunity to accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and for those people to become uh, disciple, active members in local churches. Uh, That is a short definition of evangelism, sharing the good news to men and women everywhere, giving them an opportunity to accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and for those converts to become active members in local churches. So we are using the uh, acronym STUDENT, S-T-U-D-E-N-T, when we talk about giving away our faith. Uh, We talked about the S, stand for studious, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We talked about uh, how important it is for us to be students of Christ. I want to learn more about Jesus. I want to learn more about his ways. I want to learn more about this kingdom uh, of God and kingdom of heaven agenda. I want to learn those things because that's my charter. That's my mission. That is my goal. That's my thesis. That is why I get up in the morning because I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we must learn about him. We must learn about his do's. We must learn about his don'ts. We must uh, learn more about his preferences, uh, his, his idiocentric behaviors. We must learn about the son of God if we're going to be like him. And so that requires the study of the Gospels. It also requires the study of various disciplines because God created these disciplines in order to bring him glory. So, for example, if you are an educator, you're gifted by God to uh, educate, especially on the elementary level. If you are a, a, a teacher on the elementary level, I believe that God called teachers to teach. Not everybody has the patience. Not everybody has the uh, insights. Not everybody has the gifts to make deep level subjects plain. So I believe good teachers are called. And then if you are a doctor, I believe that God has gifted you to be able to learn about the human body, uh, to be able to help those that need it physically as well as emotionally, as well as psychologically. Uh, I believe doctors are called. So what am I saying? I'm saying whatever your profession is, 
God has called you. God has gifted you. And he wants you to use that as a Christian to bring him glory. And even if you're not saved, God is calling those who are not saved. He's calling you into salvation. And he wants you to bring him glory with your existence. He wants you to bring him glory through your conversion. So God wants all of us to learn. We learn about him. We learn about nature. We learn about all these different categories of disciplines we have in life. We're, We're learning wherever we go. But that learning ought to lead us to glorifying him. Then we talked about the T in the acronym student stands for truth. And we talked about the nature of truth, that truth has no expiration date. Uh, Truth is defined as telling something like it is or that which corresponds to its object. So truth is telling something like it is or that which corresponds to its object. Then we talked about uh, U stand for uh, Christ's uniqueness. And in the previous episode, we made the distinction of how Jesus is wholly other. Jesus is not um, just a good prophet. Jesus is not just a sage. Jesus was just not a good man. Jesus was the only God man that ever walked on this earth. And he's unique in the sense that um, Jesus is God incarnated. God who took on human flesh without losing any divinity. Jesus is Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He has no end. He has no beginning. He was not created by the Father. We made that clear. He's not a lesser God than the Father or the Holy Spirit. They're co-equal. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus, uh, the one that made possible the hypostatic union, Jesus. So when we said uh, that we want to give away our faith, we must learn to be studious. We must learn to know who the truth is and what the truth is. The truth is foundational. And then we must know about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. We're living in a society where uh, people are saying you can believe in anyone, you can believe in anything, and we'll all end up in heaven, we'll all end up in paradise, we'll all end up in the same place. And in John 14 and 6, Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth. That's a definite article. I am the truth, I am the life. No one gets to the Father unless they come by me. Ladies and gentlemen, that is exclusive. Jesus did not say, I am one of the ways. He did not say, you can believe in whatever you want to believe in, and eventually you spend eternity with me in heaven. If that was the case, then why did Jesus come? You could have believed in anything you wanted. And Jesus would have never come because you could have been saved by believing what you wanted to believe in. But that's not the case. When Jesus came... There were different ideologies. There were different pedagogies. There were different philosophies. There was different movements. There was different religious leaders. So when Jesus came, there were counter beliefs and counter philosophies out there. But Jesus challenged them all. He brought a unique gospel from God. He came with the sword. Uh, He came 
to preach the truth, which made some people uncomfortable. Jesus was unique, but he did it in love. So S for studious, T for truth, U for unique. And today's message, we want to deal with the D. The D comes from a Greek word called dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, dunamis. And that in the English means power, power. We as Christians, we have access to the power. We don't supply the power. We bear the power. Dunamis comes from God. God is dunamis. God has dunamis. God is fully actual. Our God has no potentiality. He's fully actual. We can say that because he's the, he's the one that spoke everything into existence. All God had to say was, let it be, and it became. God spoke it into existence. And we're here because of his dunamis power. I want to bring your attention to some script, uh, scriptural text that supports this discipline or this principle of dunamis. It's not alien to the scriptures. Dunamis, the Greek word for power. And I'm hoping this podcast, this show today uh, encourages you to know where you stand in terms of our connection to God. If you feel as a Christian, if you feel uh, as you have low esteem or if you feel inadequate uh, compared to other people, you feel as though I can't do this. Uh, uh, You feel as though I can never accomplish this. Well, that's not the type of thinking that God wants you to have. God tells us that we are worth it, that we are uh, somebody in him. God tells us not only are we somebody in him, God gives us our purpose. And not only does he give us our purpose, the other P is God gives us power to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish in this life. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. I think about the first Christians or the first century Christians. I think about how inadequate they were, but in walking with Jesus for three and a half years, when walking with Jesus, they changed. Their minds changed. Their minds were transformed. The Bible even say those around them were wondering, are these the same people that walk with Jesus? How is it that they're able to stand up boldly in the synagogues and preach and teach like they had gone through uh, a higher study? But the realization is they were in in, 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 the, in the region, they were in the company of the best teacher the world had ever seen, which is Jesus the Christ. They had a relationship with Jesus. And when you have a relationship with Jesus, just like Peter and John and Matthew and, and the rest of the apostles, just like them, God can infuse and put in you the enlightenment, the power the insights, the discernment. God can pour in you supernatural attributes that we can't get from anywhere else. 
You can get all the degrees that all the universities in the world has to offer. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're missing the very most important ingredient to life. So the D stands for dunamis. In Matthew 29, there is a story recorded by Matthew. And it's Matthew 29, verse 23. It says, the same day, the Sadducees, who said there is no resurrection, that's what they believe, came to him and asked him, saying, teacher, Moses said that if a man dies, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us, uh, now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. So what's going on is the Sadducees, only saw the Pentateuch, the law of Moses, as authoritative. So they only accepted those five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They only accepted those five books, which is called the Pentateuch, and they deemed it as the law of Moses. Same number of books. That, those are the only books that the Sadducees accepted in terms of their theology. This preference to ignore the other uh, books of the Bible the other 34 books of the Bible crippled their doctrine. It limited them from correctly understanding the rest of the Old Testament because they only accepted the, the five books of, of the Bible or the Old Testament Pentateuch. The fact is, there, in, in the other books, if they would have read them, if they would have studied them, if they would have embraced them, God was speaking in those other books concerning the resurrection. The same question they, they're asking Jesus had already been answered in those other books. So there's a lesson here. In today's culture, there's this selective theology movement going on where people only want to read certain books that fit their paradigms. People only want to select certain books that fit their own meology, not theology, their own meology. And you can't do that with the scripture. The scriptures are a unit and you have to take it as a unit. You can't go to a, a selected text and say, oh, I like this one, but I'm not going to embrace this other one. When we read the scriptures, we have to be open and we have to allow God to speak to us. So when we restrict ourselves to only parts of Scripture, there is other information that's contained in Scripture that we need to read because it benefits us. All of Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, all 66 books are to be accepted and embraced as a unit, meaning that they're all interconnected. Old Testament is um, the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. 
So we must embrace all of the scripture, not just part of the scripture. We can't just say, I like the New Testament and I'm going to leave the Old Testament alone. And then we just can't say, I'm just going to take the Old Testament like some contemporary groups are doing now. And I'm going to discredit or abandon the New Testament. So for the Sadducees, they were already at a disadvantage when talking to Jesus. That's why they had all of these questions because they had only embraced the first five books of the Old Testament, the book of the, uh, of the law called the Pentateuch. So Jesus did respond to them. And in his response, uh, Jesus is telling them that they are in error. They are in error. The fact is, Books such as Daniel 12 and 2 would have shown them that the resurrection, number one, is possible. Because of their um, bigotry against the rest of the other Old Testament books, they didn't understand that the resurrection of the dead was possible because they didn't read it. They didn't care about it. They, uh, They didn't study it. They didn't see it as authoritative, and as a result, their theology was uh, mixed up. Their theology was wrong because they didn't fully understand uh, about the resurrection. Look at Daniel 12 and 2 if the Sadducees would have bothered to embrace it. Daniel 12 and 2 says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Another passage, Job 19, 25 through 27. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. So again, that passage talks about a resurrection. Isaiah 26 and 19. But your dead will live, Lord. Their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. In short, the Sadducees were, number one, ignorant of the word which led to ignorance concerning the power of God. They mostly looked at the world from a naturalistic lens and had difficulty embracing what God could do in the afterlife, in the metaphysical, those things that exist beyond the physical realm. And because they didn't read about a resurrected life, resurrected beings, because they didn't embrace it, if they read it, their theology were off. Their theology was faulty because of their stance of how they approach God's word. And it's the same thing for us. If you approach the word of God from a pre-diagnosed bias, your conclusion will often be faulty. If you already have false presuppositions, when you finish reading the word of God, more than likely, your conclusion is going to be faulty. It's important that we approach God's word in a transparent manner, that we approach God's word 
in an authentic manner. That we open ourselves up for God to pour into us as we read in the text from a hermeneutical perspective. So it's very important, very important that we're always open to hear from God when we read in his word. Let's not uh, choke out the word of God because of our own personal bias and inability to let go of the things that we deem as right. We must yield and acquiesce our rightness for God's rightness. So I hope that makes sense. So also, as we, as we look at this, we learn from this uh, text that in the afterlife, there is no need for marriage or reproduction of offspring. Similar to angels, we have eternal souls. Believers will spend eternity praising our Lord. This dunamis power of God makes all things possible in according to his divine nature. That's very important, in accordance to his divine nature. God's power is full of illumination. His power is full of illumination. So it's very important uh, that we know about this power of God. When we tap into God's power, when we make ourselves accessible, God infuses us as we learn uh, in in Matthew. God infuses us um, with the power of God. He infuses us. All things are possible. So let's look at another text. Uh, when we look at Mark 14, verses 53 through 63, we learn that God is power. We serve a God that has all power. If God has all power, then certainly all the things that we are dealing with in our own might, all the things that so many Christians are worried about, they should not worry about it because we have a God that has all power. We don't need to fret. We don't need to be anxious for nothing. God has all power, not just some power. God has all power, the same power that raised up Jesus Christ. It's the same power that can break your addiction. It's the same power that can reconcile relationship. It is the same power that can give you discernment. It is the same power that can give you peace and allow you to sleep all night. It is the same power that will give you strength to say I'm sorry. It's the same power that will give you uh, the, 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 the humility to, to love those uh, uh, that you don't like. It is the same power, the same power that rose up Jesus. It's accessible to all Christians today. We just have to take advantage of it. So in Mark 14, verses 53 through 63, it says, And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him from afar off, even to the place of the high priest. And if you keep reading the passage, uh, it takes us all the way to verse 58. And 58 said, we, we heard him say, I will destroy the temple that is made with hands. And within three days, I will build another made with hands. And you can find that in, in, in uh, uh, John as well. Uh, John chapter 2, where Jesus talked about raising himself up. But the point is this, in verse 62, Jesus said, 
I am, and you should see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven after they had accused him um, and, and, and trying to twist up his words. Uh, they, they, they asked him, uh, did you, uh, are, you who this, uh, are you the Son of God? Are you the Christ? And he said, I am, because Jesus don't lie. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So basically, Jesus is saying uh, he's sitting on, on, uh, with the right hand of power. This power, that word is dunamis. And again, dunamis is it's the same word used when Jesus was risen. So hopefully today's lesson has blessed and edified you. We're out of time. Please consider supporting this ministry as we stand to train Christians. And remember to do for the truth what so many do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank... Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that, right? Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.